1: To 6A to B, competitive excellence, and the brotherhood. Uh, The plan to win uh, has never changed. So the culture here and the plan to win is always going to be here at Ohio State.
2: Welcome back to 4 to 6 with A&B, your Ohio State podcast brought to you by The Athletic. It is time for myself, Bill Landis, and Ari Wasserman to give you our picks for Ohio State versus Clemson in the Sugar Bowl. That's all this show is going to be. It'll probably end up being a little shorter, but it's just our picks. What we're thinking about the game, we, we gave you our questions that we have going into this game in the last episode. So if you didn't listen to that, go back and listen to that and then come back to this so you kind of understand where we're coming from. But I want to start off with this, Ari. We're recording this at 1030 on Tuesday night, and I'm going to hop in the car on Wednesday morning and drive down to New Orleans, but I just finished sending, uh, let's call it 5500 words to our editor, Mitch Light, that was all Ohio State Clemson film study. We'll almost assuredly be broken into two stories over the next couple of days instead of one, but I know everything. Did he resign? He didn't (laughs) didn't respond, (laughs) so he might have resigned. Yeah. But I know everything about this damn game. What do you want to know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I sometimes think that some people, there are times where I think where people don't give a shit about film studies. I think that this is the one time that people might, you know, like not that, that they don't, you know, I'm not trying to be mean, but I think that like, if there's ever a time where we're trying to break down uh, a playoff game with a national championship on the line, this is like when you would want to know the most. So I'm looking forward to reading your story. And did you get all the, all the clips in there? You got the YouTube links and the, and the gifts and all the, shit
2: in there. I don't even know if it makes sense. I think I blacked out halfway through it. Um,
1: Yeah. I mean, I I know there's other people who do um, these film breakdowns and try to explain the game. And, you know, people do that in Ohio State, like Ross Fulton and stuff. I mean, he's somebody who does a really good job with that, like explaining football. But the reason why I like yours is because it's just easy to consume and... Um, you can just understand where you're coming from. And a lot of times I'm reading this X, Y, Z shifted, like all this lingo. I don't need the lingo. I just want to understand the game better and the fact that you were able to break it down and use some of these quarantine days to um you know really give us a good look into it. i think is going to be insightful for our podcast and i'm also looking forward to reading it so like i'll i'll give you all the the layman's views of how i feel about the game and all this stuff but like you'll like be like well when ohio state goes into in the 12 personnel and they've got an extra left guard uh, who's hanging out on the wing and he shifts in you know i I can't do that stuff so i'm I'm happy that at least one of us has a a deep understanding of it so what uh, what was your number one finding like if you had a thesis statement After watching all the stuff that you watched and compiling it together, offense, defense, everything, what would be your main takeaway from what you saw? Um, Where I'm
2: at is like, I
1: kind of want to pick Ohio State to win, but I
2: can't trust Ohio State's defense. And so I'm not going to do it. Like, that's where I ended up. Well, what makes you want to pick them? Uh, I think Ohio State will be able to run the ball against Clemson. Clemson's defense is always really good. And this Clemson defense is really good. It's the best defense Ohio State's played this year. I don't think it's as good as it was last year. And it's possible I'm putting way too much stock into how they ran the ball against Northwestern. I probably am putting way too much stock into how they ran the ball against Northwestern. But I can see a scenario where Ohio State runs it well, runs it fairly consistently, controls the clock a little bit, like builds a play-action pass game off of that and get maybe gets a shot or two off of that, otherwise has a quick passing game and, and has a an efficient – Offense that obviously needs to finish drives better than it did last year. But I just I like the matchups here. I don't think Clemson's seen anybody like Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson. I think this Ohio State offensive line is is better than Clemson's defensive line, mostly because of experience. And I put a little stock in Justin Fields figuring this out and not pressing as much. But even with all of that, like I have no idea what Ohio State's defense is. I just don't like I don't have enough. I don't I feel
1: like I haven't seen enough to trust it. Is it a personnel? Is it a personnel thing? Is it a scheme thing? Is it a nobody's been fully together thing? Like, what is the thing like that makes you have such a hard time? All of it discussing and yeah. what it is. Like, what is I th-
2: it? I think it's all of that. It's it's the fact that Warts were exposed against Indiana that we all sort of knew were there, but they got exposed in like a very major way, and then since then. They've hardly played at all, and the games that they have played have not been against teams that are going to provide you answers for that. Like, and we've talked about that before, right? And it's like you can you can pick Ohio State in this game. I'm not going to begrudge anybody who does because I think the talent's very close, and I think you can make an argument that Ohio State's more talented. But if you're doing that, all you're saying is like, oh, I trust Ohio State to get figured out defensively. Like, I don't operate that way. Like, I need to see it or to to have a little more faith in that. And I haven't yeah. seen it. Like, I like parts of Ohio State's defense but I don't like the whole thing. I don't like the secondary all that much. And when Ty Freifogel, God love him, I think he's a good player is like beating your guys one-on-one and Michael Penix is just being aggressive as hell and like not scared of you. I, I What's that going to mean when you're facing Trevor Lawrence and Clemson's receivers that, you know, they're not as good. I think as you typically see from Clemson receivers, but they're still really good. So I, I, I just, I don't know. I don't think this defense is going to be able to hold up enough to allow Ohio State's offense to outscore Clemson. So do you think that Clemson's on track for a 40-burger right now? Approaching it, approaching it, yeah. Um, I don't – I'm not quite there. I'm, like, pretty close to it. Um, I don't think it's going to be, like, 48 to, like, 20. Like, I don't think Ohio State's going to get its ass kicked. I think it's going to be a close game. But I just don't know
1: if Ohio State's going to be able to get enough stops. I think any number under thirty-eight, I could convince myself that Ohio State can win.
2: Yeah, and I told you a score earlier. Like, if you start telling that, I've, yeah. I've
1: upped it a little bit. Well, why don't we? Why don't we just get it out there? Because um, Bill and I were facetiming this morning. We're working on a story. He helped me out. God love him. Great partner. Great friend. Best friend. But we joked uh, a little bit about who you're going to pick, and I, I said, "What's your score?" And He asked me what my score was. I went first. Clemson 38, Ohio State 31. I think that Clemson's going to move the ball easily. I think Ohio State will also move the ball. Um, I don't know that I ever liked picking a team relying on having to win in a shootout. I think that's the only way Ohio State can win this football game. And the thing that I wanted to say uh, about this before we get into a deeper breakdown is every single person, and, and Dabo Sweeney has been banging the drum the hardest that I've seen, or at least people who cover the SEC, um, people who think that six-win team doesn't belong in the playoff, all those people who think that it's an advantage because there's less wear and tear on the body, it's an advantage that they didn't get exposed to extra games where they could have lost, and all the things that make rational sense when you have a real argument about it. I'm picking Ohio State to lose because I don't think they've played enough. I think that this team... Is at a stark disadvantage for not being able to work through the issues that you were just talking about, and to not only only play six games, Bill, but to be fragmented for all of them. They didn't have their complete team. Really, how many games out of the six did they have their complete team for? Two, uh, and one was the opener. Yeah, they had it. They had it for
2: Nebraska. They, they, they were missing major State. pieces
1: in every game. Yeah, yeah, three, three six so, games. From a content, yeah, I mean, but for a continuity standpoint, you need to play eleven games, and, and the whole trajectory is. Urban Meyer used to say this all the time: is you're climbing a hill, and as you get to the end of the uh, at the end of the trail, you're playing your best football as an utter upward trajectory, and you go through the warts, you go through the personnel issues, you overcome injury, you work out, you you know everything that you have to do in a regular season to be playing your best football at the end of the year, and like right now. Clemson's coming off a thrashing of Notre Dame in the ACC championship game. And Ohio State like basically got their way through to a win over Northwestern by riding the back of a running back that we didn't know was capable of doing that. Like The trajectories of the teams right now are not uh, conducive to picking Ohio State. And I think that, rationally speaking, the reason why the spread is what it is is because it's really hard to envision Ohio State winning. If Ohio State puts together a beautiful game... If Justin Fields plays great, if if Chris Olave is back, uh, as we all anticipate that he will be, and the receivers are running well, and Trey Sermon turns two-yard gains into six-yard gains, and the offensive line protects Justin, and everything goes great, Ohio State absolutely could win this game. Absolutely could. But I don't know that it would be fair to the audience, or to people who consume our work, or for us just to blindly say, hey, Ohio State figured it out. So, I'm very much looking forward to watching the game. I am not anticipating that they will be the final product they would have been had they had a full season with this group.
2: Yeah, no that, that's where I am too. It's like Clemson – I think Clemson is in the process of peaking. I don't know if what we saw against Notre Dame was their best, but if it wasn't their best, like they're on their way to their best. And I don't know if Ohio State is there yet. Um, I also don't – I think Ohio State's best is capable of winning a national championship. That's why I, I picked them to win the national championship before the season went to shit. Um, but I don't know. I, the, like you said, all the guys being in and out of practice, being in and out of games, like they're just not whole. And maybe they will be whole mostly for this game, but I don't know. I I don't know. If you just roll roll the ball out with all your guys and go beat Clemson. I, I don't. I don't. That's, that's a big ask. Is it even
1: physically possible to you that Ohio State plays its best game yeah. of the year? I think they could. And if they do, what would that look like to you? The Michigan State game? but more high powered like like why don't you go ahead and just give them what you what you think your score is going to be mine was 38 31 clemson i would take the points i think that two possessions um, is a lot to give a team as talented as ohio state but i don't know that they're going to win so i kept my score within the spread around the 66 point uh, over under and kept Clemson within a score.
2: Yeah, um my I think initial th- th- I, t- I think I told you 35-31 earlier. I'm, I'm going a little higher for Clemson. Yeah. I'm going to go I'll go 38 Clemson 38 34 Ohio State. We'll throw in like a mixed extra point in there. Um I had 31 like I don't think Ryan Day's going to kick. two field goals which would be Yeah, I don't think Ryan Day's going to get a field goal in this game. Um, I tried to ask him this week. No I tried what. to ask him this week, like, "Hey, how much does the fact that you guys kick two field goals from inside the five yard line, like, has, has how's that sat with you all year?" And He didn't really want to go for it, but I think it like eats him alive that they did that, and I can't see them doing. It. I guess you do it within reason, like if they're from like thirty-five yards out and it's fourth and eight, you do it. But um, I don't anticipate Ohio State lining up to kick a field goal in this game. I think Ryan Day is going to play for touchdowns
1: because he knows he has to.
2: You mean last year when they kicked the field yeah. goals, one from the five and one from the four.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't you don't win this football game by trading field goals for touchdowns. That, yeah, that's such a cliche. But that's thing what to Notre say. Dame did.
2: That's what Notre Dame did. Like in both games they played yeah.
1: Clemson, but somehow they won the first one because Clemson was missing like five starters. It's like it's such a two pronged problem because like one, you don't want to just come away with three, but you also don't want to demoralize yourself by getting nothing. And I understand that every point in some of these games matters, um, and especially early on, you don't want to. But maybe if Ohio State would have gone for it one more time. Uh, earlier on in the game last year they might have won but you know it's two separate games two separate teams sorry for interrupting no no I,
2: I i think i think the way we came out of the gates on this and like our score picks don't don't ma- like match up i i neither one of us are sitting here saying ohio state has no chance to win this game right
1: no chance okay.
2: no i mean i would i would take the yeah, points yeah i would take the points too and like if ohio state does win i don't think I'm going to be floored I just don't think either one of us is the kind of person who's just going to like put on our Buckeye glasses and say, oh yeah, they're going to play their best game. They're going to be great. They're going to beat Clemson. Uh, I think we're just trying to be like realistic about this. So we're not picking them to win, but I think we both think they're capable of winning and we're both taking the points and I think we both think it's going to be a really good game. I just don't trust what I've seen from this point from Ohio State's defense to like get the last stop they're going to need to win this game.
1: Yeah, especially when they had the best defense maybe in program history last year and they couldn't get their yeah. last stop. And, like, we're not talking about a really good football team. We're talking about a really good football team with maybe the best quarterback prospect in that last decade. I don't even know who, who – like, who was the last Trevor Lawrence? Probably Andrew Luck. So, you know, that those guys don't come along very often. And the thing that is really, really kind of crappy about this is anybody who's been listening to this podcast, and we thank you if you've been one of our day ones, uh, and we welcome you if you're new – They know how much we like this team. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like, if you listen to our podcasts, um, you know, dating back to even before the season, I think we both picked them to win the national title. I mean, they're as talented. They're more talented than than Clemson is just from a raw talent standpoint. Now, Clemson, I think you could make the argument, has gotten more out of their talent than Ohio State has, especially because they've turned some of these three-star prospects into Isaiah Simmons. Nobody's done a better job of that in college football. And I'm working on a story with our Grace Rayner about about how Clemson's approached it. But in terms of jiving together, meshing, th- coming in with confidence, feeling yourselves like you know, there, there there's a, a a world where I think that Ohio State fans or players and coaches feel disrespected. I know that they talked about that on the Zoom call about you know how it's kind of rare to be in this position. I also know that you know there were some certain instances where coaches were getting fired up and you know they could come out pissed off and you know things can click just because they they love each other and they care about this team and their chances of winning a national championship they know the opportunity to do this is rare and they just come out and kick ass you know and like that could happen but as we break down the game bill i think we have to break it down based on the information that we have and like the feel good home team ending to a, a movie isn't the way you have to break down this stuff. If that happens it'll be a wonderful story and it'll kind of it just reminds me a little bit of um, the uh, 2014 season a little bit when we were in ironically enough New Orleans standing outside of some random restaurant or hotel and we did game picks with Doug. Like and all three of us picked Bama. Yeah. You know? And then when Ohio State came out and, and not just won but won pretty convincingly, then you realize hey, this team is special. And to win a national championship... You have to get to that point, and I don't know that Ohio State has done that yet, but the sweetness about playing these playoff games is that you, all you can ask for is to be eight quarters away from winning it all, and they are right now. So I'm, I don't anticipate, I don't expect them to win, but that doesn't mean I don't think they can. It's just based on the circumstance of what we've seen from this football team, both in the fact that they don't have continuity, the fact that they struggled to really f- get their footprint going a little bit, uh, when they played Northwestern, because like even the 2014 team, not to ramble, but like they kicked the crap out of Wisconsin. I mean, they were revving Mm -hmm. at all cylinders at the end of the year. And it's like, do you want to go into the Clemson game having been one drive away from losing to Northwestern? Like that's kind of where they are right now. And maybe if they would have won 42 to nothing, then the the feeling of this would have been different. And maybe we're putting too much stock into the Northwestern game. But, In terms of feel, I don't know that I have a feeling that this football team is good enough to win the national championship right now. Not because they're not talented enough. I just don't know if they're good
0: enough. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
2: Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order from a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry leading partnerships. StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of the athletic. I said this, um, I don't know if I said this in the last one or maybe the one before that, that like, I, i think ohio state's gonna be pretty locked in for this um and like of course you would hope they'd be that way it's a playoff game but i just mean like what whatever whatever the best i think ohio state can attain at this particular moment is i think they're gonna get something close to that if if not get there entirely i just don't know like what that is especially as guys are working their way back into the lineup guys have been out it's like I, i don't I don't know. I'd like to see like another game or two, two of, a, of a fully realized Ohio State before I can say I feel good about what Ohio State's going to be. A lot of it, it's not blind faith because we've seen them play six games. But they're, if you're picking them, you're picking them based like I think like largely on faith or just because like you want them to win. Blind
1: faith of the coaching staff to be able to get them at a, peaking at a high level, despite the fact they haven't played enough. Yeah, and that's. I mean,
2: it's not it's not impossible for them for them to do that. Um, at least, no, I, no. at least I don't think no, it's it is, not impossible.
1: It's I just don't think it's reasonable to right, expect it. Right. What
2: What do you feel like best about in this matchup
1: for Ohio State? Their receivers getting open. Yeah. Um. And I think that that should be the answer for everybody. Um. I, I saw on the Zoom call. Um. And you were on it, but uh, didn't Garrett Wilson say something interesting? It wasn't just that Chris Olave was out of the. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big Ten championship game, but Heartline wasn't yeah. there. And, like, it's stupid things like that that when you're watching the game as a fan, sitting on your couch, screaming at the, at the ceiling, like, why can't Ohio State pass the ball on Northwestern? They're going to get annihilated by Clemson. It's like you don't even think about, like, the importance of a second-year player who's on the verge of peaking. Um, as one of college football's biggest stars, not having his position coach when his other co star is not playing. Yep. You know, like there's certain things to this game, the Northwestern game specifically, that like just don't really feel right in terms of are they going to play Northwestern? Are they going to make the Big Ten championship game? Are they going to get another game? Is the Michigan game going to get rescheduled? Like all the things that this team has had to like endure as a result of COVID and all all the players they've missed and all the lineups that have had to be shifted in the offensive line and everything, everybody knows. How could they have been at their best? How could they have beaten Northwestern 42 to nothing? Like it's, it, it, it's just not there. Yeah. I, I, the, the other part of that too, and I thought,
2: um, I don't know if you follow this guy or not, but Seth, Seth Galena works for pro football focus, does a lot of like college focus stuff. Um, and he always tweets out like really cool breakdowns, uh, particularly of quarterbacks. And he put one out of Justin Fields and there was like a conversation that followed after that. And he said, uh, when the offense only goes through two guys and one of them is out, that's a problem. And it's like, I, I asked Ryan day about that before the Northwestern game. Um, it might've been even going into the mission game when we thought that game was still going to be played about the fact that Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave have such a large target share in this offense. that like Justin Fields, and, like, why wouldn't they? Because they're great. But, like, Justin Fields I don't think has much in the way of a rapport with anybody other than those two guys. And I guess you can just say, like, you're a veteran quarterback by this point. You figure it out. And I guess that's fair. But it's like when 70% of your passes are going to two guys and one of them is not there, and the defense you're playing is pretty good, and they're just going to overload to the one guy who is there, it's like I don't know what you do. I guess I can make you feel a little uncomfortable. So so I get why he would feel that way and, and look the way he did. And then you add on top of that that that, that heartline's not there. So – that should all be different against Clemson. I, I do think that matters. Um, and I do expect both Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave to have pretty big games against Clemson because Clemson's secondary is good. They got a first-round corner in Darian Kendrick. Um, they got a really good young corner in Andrew Booth, who's a former five-star prospect. I, I don't think he played much against Notre Dame. I don't know if he's going to play in this game or not. But their other guy, Sheridan Jones, who starts is, is decent too. Um, I think if, uh, if they can get some guys isolated on – Nolan Turner, the safety who's out for the first half, which is another thing to consider. Um, they can they can find some success throwing the ball. I just, like, they don't – I think they want to, like, line up and bomb people, and I don't think he can do that against his team. So the, I think they have to operate, like, fairly differently from how they've operated all year. And, and I don't know if Ryan Day wants to, like, dink and dunk and throw slants and throw screens and then try to execute in the red zone because it's just not been the way they've operated this year. But if they can do that – um. I might like start to think of this game a little differently, like in the flow of the game, if Ohio State's offense comes out and has that kind of look to it.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> I think if they start running the ball um, effectively and it, it feels like their offensive line um, can get control of this football game, um, as you said, that they you feel like they're better than Clemson's defensive line, then Ohio State's got a chance. I think if Ohio State comes out scoring um, and moving the football and, and creates a uh, a one possession game, Ohio State has a chance. But if this thing starts getting off the rails and, and Trevor Lawrence is throwing passes through the middle of the defense and, you know, you're getting a lot of the things that weren't going so well, you know, all over again early on in the game. I think that you also, and I, I don't want to put that in the atmosphere for our listeners, but if things don't go good early, like you could be looking at the 2016 territory. Yeah, also. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's completely off the table either. So, um, you know, I, I feel really good about that. And it's just like I, I think about things, Bill, because... When we were in Phoenix now a year ago and we covered the the last Clemson game and we were in the locker room and Chris Olave came in like crying, like heartbroken, like about what happened at the end of last year's game. I mean, he was devastated. I thought to myself, man, this guy is going to be an animal next year because everybody already knew he was so good. You know, it it was a bad route, bad uh, decision to break off the route and, and whatever. But that doesn't mean that he wasn't tremendous last year. And I thought, if he's back here again in a year from now, you better watch out because he's going to be spending the next year thinking about this, and he's not going to let that happen again. And it's like now um, he's tweeting out uh, during the Northwestern game when he was out, like, sad faces and stuff. And it's just like, I can't envision a world right now where that guy doesn't just kick ass. Yeah, You know, and if he's open or makes a big play or hit, they hit Clemson over the top. Like, last year, if you go watch um, the – The game, and you'm sure you did because you're an assistant coach (laughs) who watches a bunch of film. They kicked Clemson's ass for two quarters last year. Yeah. You know, I mean, they like, they, if things would have kept going that way, I mean, Ohio State, I think, was the better football team last year. And I think as you look at what they have back and what Clemson has back, I thought they were better than Clemson coming into the year. So, like, I don't know that as an Ohio State, Lens, you should look at this Clemson team as some sort of big, bad, scary, bam, wolf because I don't think that they are. But the question is is whether or not Ohio State can find itself enough in a week and a half or 10-day span after a lackluster win over Northwestern to put it all together to have a good game with them. But if they come out swinging, Olave's on fire, Garrett Wilson is catching passes with, with his uh, head upside down towards, you know, all the things that happened last year. Trey Sermon breaks up. I mean, they have a pretty good chance of winning the football game. But it's just a matter of whether or not they can put this together. But I want to ask you this, because I read a stat somewhere, and I don't know where it was. It was on Twitter, or I heard it. I don't know. I heard somebody. Last year, Ohio State's, like, first six possessions, and these are completely made-up stats, um, but it's something like this. They were averaging, like, 8.4 yards a a carry or or a play, and they score or had 250 yards rushing in, like, their first six possessions or 250 total yards in their next, or in like 21 points or something, and then their next six or seven possessions, they didn't come close to matching what they did in the first. Do you think the sign <laughs> stealing thing is a thing? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, it's like not, it's not against any rule,
2: first of all. Yeah. yeah, no, no. But, if, if,
1: yeah, if you're smarter, then you're smarter. But I, I do I, I do think if, it's legitimate.
2: Yeah. I think Clemson does it. I think Clemson's very good at it, so credit to them for being very good at it. And I, and I think they got Ohio State figured out a little bit. Also, J.K. Dobbins got hurt, and I think that matters um, too. That might matter more than stealing signals. Um, but Ryan Day clearly thinks it matters because Ryan Day, you know, not not so uh, subtly referred to it during his press conference on uh, Monday. I do think it matters. It happened, and I wrote about this a little bit after Monday's press conference. It happened in the the Indiana game this year. And if you go back and watch it, like Ohio State was huddling in the fourth quarter of that game. Ohio State never huddles, but Ohio State was huddling in the fourth quarter of that game and Justin Fields was in the huddle calling plays off a wristband because I think Ohio State at a certain point felt that Indiana had their signals figured out too. So I'm very curious about the tempo of this game to see if, if Ohio State does things to combat that, whether... That's playing super fast all the time and not giving, kind of keeping Clemson honest, um, and not giving Brent Venables the opportunity to to check as late as he normally does, uh, or huddling and and playing super slow. I think I might have said before that like Virginia Tech played them and they were huddling and breaking the huddle with ten seconds left on the play clock and then snapping the ball right away, and it kind of worked out okay. But Virginia Tech's not very good, so it could only last so long. Ohio State's good, and if they wanted to do that, I think that could be a worthwhile strategy or tempo. I just don't think like you can't have. You can't have Justin Fields goes to the line, fake claps his hands, looks to the sideline, gets a play, Ohio State checks, Clemson checks, and then, like, whatever you thought you saw isn't there anymore, and then you're still in a bad play. Like, that can't happen. And Justin Fields has struggled with that stuff this year. He He – often trusts too much what he sees before the snap and relies too much on what the coaching staff is telling him from the sideline rather than just like catching the snap and watching the play develop in front of him and reacting to it. So I think if they can get him out of those positions, either through tempo or or, it's through tempo, fast or slow, that's going to help him. Um, I think it's going to be fascinating. I'm actually really excited to see that kind of chess match part of it with Ryan Day and, and Brett Venables because I do think the sign signal, the signal stealing stuff does it's matter. It's like if a you bit. go
1: into the game knowing that Clemson is good at that, then can't you develop a system? Like just add an extra poster? Well, or, that's what I said. I if you're worried I about mean, it, get better signals. Yeah. I mean, can't you just, I mean, if, if it's something that you're hyper aware of, that should be something that they should be able to get down and, and, and avoid, you know? Because yep. you lose your signals because somebody is, is, good and they get you once but if you know going into it that they have a uh, an ability to do it then you add the two-step verification you know right. <laughs> whatever you got to do in order to to, to, uh, to avoid that from happening again and you know to me so that's why i don't know that i would fear that i think that it'd be improvement but i think it'd be interesting because you know you're mr x's and o's guy so you tell me but i feel like altering the who you are or what you do in a playoff game isn't healthy and, like, if that means changing your tempo or changing huddling or how you get the play in or any other variation of how you can change yourself, then I don't know if that's the best way to do this either. Because I don't know if Ohio State's equipped to, to play the game that way. Um, oh, I so think they are. I don't know. I think they'd be
2: okay. I mean, they've done it. They they mix tempo. They don't play with as much tempo as I thought they would when Ryan Day took over, but they still mix they mix. It's it. not nearly as fast, yeah. but,
1: like, if they were huddling the entire game, I just feel like it, it's just not the way that they've... It was really so weird, weird to see right. them play
2: against Indiana.
0: And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream Direct TV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on Direct TV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on Direct TV makes up for your mother not preach you and your sunflower seeds. Direct TV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package high-speed internet service required terms and restrictions apply you ready showtime on may 3rd summer starts with the fall guy he's doing later let's drink a spicy margarita make some bad decisions yes Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall guy. the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters, May 3rd.
1: Read at PG 13. Do you make your signs more hard to crack? Uh, or do you change the way you play the game? And I would probably do the first. I think if they, I know that sounds easier said than done, maybe, but like it just be who you are and and play the game the way that this team has been coached and recruited to play, and then and, and go do it.
2: You know. Yeah, I think if they change it uh, all, they'll they'll just play faster, um, or do less do less check with me stuff um, that that gets Justin Fields into some bind sometimes.
1: Uh, for yeah, that that one check with me uh, <laughs> fake. Scramble that you posted to Twitter was the most beautiful play design, I think. I've yeah, ever seen. yeah, no,
2: that one, that one was good. Yeah, the fake, the QB sneak. Yeah. Last yeah. year, yeah. Um, what I had when I heard this film study story, I want, I want to ask you two questions. And because I think it's, I think it's, we've laid out there like why we're not picking Ohio State to win. So let's talk about like a couple ways maybe Ohio State can win. Um, I had uh, Jason Starrett, who is an editor for us at The Athletic, help me out with this film study mm-hmm. story and pull a bunch of st- of stats for me from Sports Info Solutions. And one of them was this, just trying to figure out how Ohio State might operate in the red zone. Justin Fields, so far this year, has only been responsible for 11% of Ohio State's runs in the red zone. That was like an, an alarmingly low number. Like I knew it was low. I didn't realize it was that low
1: they don't run <laughs> well they run they do run they no, run know, more than they I know, pass i know but... i know that and it, i feel like they passed a lot in the red zone this year just based on my memory and the way i remember the games playing yeah and, and like i remember like I, I i can't really think of any the only justin fields red zone run that i can remember is the michigan state touchdown run they
2: called him one uh against northwestern they got called back on a hold um but i i guess i lay that out because we know like you don't well, you know you protect Justin Fields in the course of the regular season, especially this year when the regular season was so weird. But the one thing I, I love about Clemson is, like, when it's time to win a championship, the reins are off and Trevor Lawrence is running like a madman. Is Justin Fields going to run yeah. like a madman in this game? Are they going to let him run like a madman in this game?
1: They should. I mean, that's that's why you save, you know, that's why you save them for this. You know, it's the water boy thing. Yeah, can't hold anything back now. Last game of the year, can't hold anything back now. You can't. I mean, and But if they do, think do you, you feel better about their chances? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I do. <laughs> I think that I I think that, that would make me feel better about their ability to run the football because I'm not convinced in my heart that they can yet.
2: With just Trey Sermon, yeah.
1: Yep. I I, I I'm not saying that they can't. I just don't know that I would feel comfortable like when you ask me what are the things that you feel most confident about going into the game, Trey Sermon being effective is not in the top half. Yeah. And I know that's a weird thing to say after what he just did. But, like, if it's protection or uh, holes off from the offensive line or receiver play or quarterback play or tight end play, I think that, like, the thing I would feel worse about is secondary play. I think maybe pass rush would be something that scares me a little bit because they, they create pressure, but they don't get sacks. Um, and when you're playing against Trevor Lawrence, you have to, you know, rattle them a little bit. And then I think Sermon would fall right under that in terms of my concerns. So, like, if you added an effective – I mean, how many times this year have they run zone read plays or, or has Justin Fields had the option to keep and that he hands and then the defense is just swarm on the running back? Yep. And I feel like sometimes those plays are just a waste because if there's no threat for the quarterback to run the football, then you're not you're, – all you're doing is taking uh, a play and designing it to develop slower, you know? And if, if Justin Fields holds on to the football – And there's a threat to him to actually run. And, like, he can, like, run like JT ran. I mean, this guy's been compared to Cam Newton since he was in high school. Run the ball like Cam. Like, even in the New England Patriots offense this year, like, Cam Newton ran the ball all the time, especially in goal line situations. So, I'm not trying to compare him, you know, apples to apples to Cam Newton, but the man is a very large athletic load to bring down, and he's also super fast. So, like, the first thing he ever did in an Ohio State uniform was run the ball for an 80-yard touchdown or something. Remember that? Yeah,
2: 50 yards. Happened like yesterday.
1: Yeah. Like, why, why can't he run? I, I think he should have been running more often even in the regular season. He should have been running in the Northwestern game.
2: Yeah. He scrambles a decent amount. Uh, the the numbers we pulled, and again, they might not be total 100% accurate, but they said he had 18 designed runs this year in six games.
1: Yeah. I mean, what... Do you think he could run? Like, do you think there should be... Running plays that were like what JT did. Yeah, I think. Do you think that should be
2: an element to this? Yeah, I think they should. I think they should do some of the stuff that they do for that Clemson does for Trevor Lawrence. Like I don't, I don't know. And maybe, maybe Justin's feel for the read zone read game is not as good as we think it is, and that's why they don't do it. But there are ways to run the quarterback without doing his own read. There are plenty of ways to run the quarterback without doing his own read. Um, I just feel
1: like when you have a, uh, tell me. Coach, if I'm wrong here, but I feel like when the quarterback has a bad feel for the zone read game, they have a tendency to hang on to it. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And, like, he never hangs on to it. Yeah. So, like, to me, maybe you're just like, I don't know, I'm going to hand it to the running back instead of getting, maybe he's been coached to not get hit. I don't know what the answer to that is, but, like, I remember at times when when quarterbacks in the past had a hard time adapting to it, that they would complain, you got to trust yourself to keep it and run, and it's just like... You would think that the tendency for any run-first quarterback or for any athlete-first quarterback uh, is to run the ball as much as you can. I mean, we watched Braxton Miller and JT Barrett run this offense for six years with just running the football. So, like, to me, I feel like JT left and JT right in small doses, something simple as diving with the quarterback would be a, a nice addition to the offense because I don't think that Justin Fields is an easy person to tackle. I think their first play is going to be Justin Fields running the ball. Get him in the zone a little bit. Yeah. Well, now that we're talking about preserving Justin Fields and uh, not preserving him anymore and running him more, what is your take or your feel from the Zoom calls and what you've been hearing about the health of his hand? Because it's like so funny. Not funny. It's just annoying uh, if you're an Ohio State fan to think, well, last year they played down his inj- his knee injury the entire month leading into the Fiesta Bowl. Oh, he'll be fine. No problem. And it turned out to be a major problem. Like, do you think there's a chance that this could become a major problem? No, he threw two passes after he heard it. Um,
2: so like and I, I I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I think if he were if he was, if his thumb was like broken, I think we would have been able to discern that from his body language when he was throwing the ball. Um, I, I do think it was just a sprain. maybe it was a bad sprain. Um, but you know, I guess from that point to this game it's like 13 days. I think he'll be okay by the time the game starts. Like Ryan Ryan Day's answer was like four words, like he he'll, he'll be good or three words and Justin Fields like I'll be fine by the time the game comes along. Isn't that exactly how it went last year when his knee was hurt? Uh Yeah, I think so. They probably similar answers.
1: I don't I, I don't know. I don't think this is the same thing. Um I mean, obviously not being able to move Uh, is a problem but like I just wonder but we also we also had
2: some we had some appreciation I think of how that injury was already limiting him and like how like the severity of it because he watched him play on it for two
1: games here's the thing you know those out routes or those like long like 28 yard passes that are only eight yards down the field that he loves to throw and are open a lot like what if he can't throw that because his, his hand is sore or, like, what, how many routes could they take out of their playbook because his hand isn't 100? It's like, I don't know that he's not healthy, but if it even limits him 10%, that's significant in a game. Yeah, like this, I think to so me, too.
2: Anyway, um, I don't know. I guess I would just take some solace. Like, the last pass he threw was an out route to Garrett Wilson um, after he hit yeah. his thumb. So, I think it's, I think it's a legitimate um, thing to worry about. My, my read on it is that it'll be okay.
1: Um, but give give me a percentage of, just like, what do you think the percentage or from one to ten, not a percentage, the stress factor from an Ohio State fan should be about the health of his hand, out of one to ten, ten being three. More yeah. Okay.
2: Um, okay, I got one more question for you, and we'll wrap up. Sure. What is your? Comp- I thought Ohio State made just or Trevor Lawrence like uncomfortable last year, and like hit him and hit him hard. What is your confidence level that they can make him uncomfortable this year?
1: Four? Yeah. It's weird. That's a, I think that's like my number one. Is Tyreek Smith okay? I don't know. Their yeah, I think he came back. He got hurt I, against
2: Northwestern. I think he came back.
1: Yeah, I think he might have come back in the game. How would you rate their pass rush this year on 1-10? to ten? 10 being great, 1 being really bad 7
2: you give them a 7 aren't they like terrible with sack numbers it's so weird so like again numbers we pulled for this story the rate they they generate pressure on like 48% of dropbacks which is like third best in the country better than last year but they only average two in, 2.8 sacks per game which isn't awful but it's not as high as you'd think it would be given how often they generate pressure I just, like, don't know
1: if, and you tell me if I'm nuts, the last 10 years covering Ohio State, the majority of that, there was a Joey Bosa, there was a Nick Bosa, and there was a Chase mm-hmm. Young. And, like, when you cover the same team for a long period of time and you see a force like that consistently, it might alter your perspective of, like, what a good pass rush is because you've had this, and, like, those three players are the three highest rated rookies uh, defensive linemen in, in their rookie yeah. years. In the NFL, which was a graphic that was floating around Twitter on uh Tuesday. Is this pass rush what normal, like, solid pass rush yes. looks like without a guy yes. like that? Because if it's like that, maybe that's what it is, and I'm just thinking there's no dominating there's no freak out there. force yeah. there. There's no freak out there, and maybe that's why I think it's not it's concerning, but it's just like they had a freak at corner last year, and they had a freak at defensive end last year, and they couldn't stop Lawrence when it mattered the most. And it's just like their secondary is a question, their pass rush getting home is a question, and I don't even know what I'm doing right now. Like yeah. Their defense is terrifying. If things don't go the right way, they could, they could get blown off the field. I
2: think um, it's kind of a weird thing. I, I'm not super confident in their ability to make Trevor Lawrence uncomfortable, but at the same time, I think Ohio State has the best defensive line
1: in the playoff. It's like, yeah, but there's multiple elements to defensive line too. It's just like plugging holes, stopping the run, and hitting the quarterback in the chest so he's afraid to drop back are like all different things. And I think that as you as you you know break down Ohio State's offensive or defensive line, I think that they do those things well. I don't think that they hit the quarterback enough. Yeah, Clemson hits the quarterback. And as we know, Justin Fields has gotten froggy in situations where there's where there's pressure. So, you know, I don't know. It's just the more you break it down, the more you start like talking in circles (laughs) and trying to figure things out. And you know, the the fact of the matter is, is that they're gonna need a heck of a performance from the defense. I don't know if someone's gonna have to make a play, a freak turnover, maybe like a play like the the T Higgins play that wasn't that was called a a catch or a non an incomplete pass has to go their way. Like I mean, things have to like go like for them. And, you know, maybe that'll be the case. And it's funny because it just – I keep thinking about that last – that question that that guy asked us two weeks ago or last week. The best teams in Ohio State history, the ones that seem to have the least amount of flaws are the ones that never accomplished the greatest goal. And the teams that have won the national championship have always been the ones that were flawed. You know, and I don't know if that's if that's fair. 2002 was flawed in its own way, but it was also like the perfect team. Yeah. Uh, but like, it's like, we're, I'm comparing this year, Ohio state team intentionally or unintentionally to last year's team. And like last year's team was perfect. And I remember going into the 2014 big 10 championship game thinking this team's not very good. Yeah. And then they turned out to be like the best team I've ever, the best version of Ohio state I've ever seen. So it's like, I think that there's like a 10% chance maybe for hope of that still being out there. But as we break this game down, I think the more we talk about it, the more I'm starting to not like Ohio State's chances. I, like I'm trying I'm like talking myself out of it right now. Uh, oh, and like really? I feel like the only way that Ohio State wins the way that only like I feel like right now based on the way we're discussing it, the only way Ohio State wins is if something special happens and, th- and things just the stars align and maybe that'll happen. I but.
2: think I think the percentage chance of that happening is a little higher than 10%.
1: I mean, I guess so. I mean, maybe that's a little. Because they're
2: real. I mean, they're really talented.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're absurd. Because we talented. didn't know, like we did, we did not realize. What did not realize put on We talent. didn't
2: realize how talented that fourteen team was. No, we didn't. And that could certainly be happening here. And I guess if it were happening, it would have to be happening with some guys on the defense.
1: Yeah. So who are the guys? Who would be the candidates? Who's
2: your Darren Lee? I don't know, like, if the light comes on for Zach Harrison and he's just a monster against Clemson, like, is anyone going to be surprised by that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: you're right. No, or, you're like, right. you know... I So you got to trust the talent. <laughs> I'm the king of blindly trusting talent, yeah. man. I, you don't have to convince me of it. Um, I just, like, I don't know... Yeah, I think the light came on earlier, and they had more of an opportunity for the light come yeah. on in 14. So if this is the first step of the light coming on, it'd be a heck of a stage for for that to happen and but i i consider the light coming on the remarkable thing so maybe 10 percent is selling the team a little bit short but like if ohio state plays an average game or like a pretty solid game you know there's they make plays whatever like what are their odds of winning in an average like do they have to play extraordinary to win
2: uh yeah because i think clemson's going to I think I think well, extraordinary. I don't know, but I think like we're going to get a pretty good version of Clemson. So, like, yeah, I don't think Ohio State can go beat a, yeah. a, close to peak Clemson with a pretty like good effort or solid effort. I think they need to be great.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you know the tone of this podcast, Bill. It's just like let's just let's just go, let's just play. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm super let's excited. Just watch to watch it. This you know, we we're, we're ready. We're there. I mean, I'm just. You know, it's just so funny to me because we spend all freaking year talking about this shit. Like, talking about roster makeup and recruiting results and recruiting battles and injuries and s- who's being replaced by who. And it's like the only thing that we are constantly, 364 days a year, breaking down is whether or not Ohio State can beat Clemson or Alabama. Yep. And it's just like, finally, like when you get on the doorstep of that game actually happening, it's just like... Let's just see the analysis play out, and let's just see where they're at. And I'm like, I'm so ready for
2: it. Yeah. No, I'm ready for it, too. Uh, so, I could, well, we'll end there. So, your score, again, one more reminder. 38-31, Clemson. All right. I'm 38-34, Clemson, which is a kind of a weird score. I feel like I'm a dumbass for picking that, but that's my pick, 38-34. Because
1: you – I think that the reason why you picked that score is because you were – around 31 but i already picked it and you don't want to pick the same score i didn't right? want to
2: pick the same score as you i wanted to take the points but i wanted to bump up clemson from where i had him like earlier today when i was thinking about it so
1: you couldn't put him in the 40s and show some
2: respect Should put some respect on trevor's name uh no 38 34 is my pick uh okay game is on friday night it's super late kickoff i think it's like eight forty five eastern time um i'll be in new orleans i'm leaving on wednesday morning i think the plan might be to do one more pod this week that will either be out on Thursday or Friday after I get to New Orleans. I'm not entirely sure what that's going to be yet. Maybe we'll do some questions. Um, but you guys have our picks. I think you know what we think about the game. Uh, feel free to tell us from morons. But when you do it, make it via a five-star review on Apple because we need it. Uh, subscribe to The Athletic, theathletic.com. You can read the 5,000 words of film study. Uh, that i wrote that'll be up over the next couple days and you can read ari's story with grace about the recruiting uh numbers and and match um with these two teams it's also interesting and yeah i get like we'll we'll see what happens on friday but i think we both think it's going to be a good game we're both excited to watch it so thanks for listening and we'll talk to you guys next time <laughs>